There was an idea, Stark knows this, called the Mom CU. The idea was to bring together a cool mom who knows nothing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe to see if she can become something more. To see if she can make sense of these movies to understand the universe that her family already does. This is Heroes of the Mom CU. Greetings, Avengers, and welcome to HQ. You've just entered a much larger and funnier universe. I'm your host, Dad Fury, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Harper the Hammer. Hello. Lily the Sorceress Supreme. Hi. Wren the Black Widow. Howdy. And LK America. I'm hungry. And of course, the star of this new initiative is our hero in training, Laura, a.k.a. Agent Momsen. That's me? That's you. Each episode, we're going to watch one of the MCU movies in chronological order and discuss it as a family, focusing especially on Agent Momsen. Me? That's still you. As she has zero familiarity with this exciting universe. Welcome back, everybody, to Heroes of the Mom CU. We are back. It's only been a few weeks since our last episode, which was Captain America Civil War. A big favorite. Everybody had a really great time. Not everybody. Not everybody. Mom struggled with it. Too action-y. Lots of things going on. But we're here. We're back. Thanksgiving has happened, and we are very thankful for all of you, our listeners. And we have another fun episode. But before we get started tonight, we're going to add a new little element, something that's fun. We want to throw a shout-out to our friend, Mr. Matt. Mr. Matt gifted us a couple of books the other week, and they are some Marvel books. One of them is a big comic book art kind of coffee table book. It's really awesome. It's got amazing drawings in it. The other book is called Part of a Bigger Universe. You just don't know it yet, Nick Fury, and it's unforgettable quotes from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So what we decided to do tonight is we gave the book to Mom. Good evening, Mom. Hello. And she is going to randomly flip open the book to a randomly selected quote and read it, and then we'll see what we think about it, what our thoughts are. You say random. I have a plan. Okay, she has a plan. Never I'm mind. going to gauge the audience, and I want every single one of our listeners to say your favorite number. 36 is also my favorite number. So whoever's listening and said 36, you're the winner. And the quote is, Bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships because they knew death was better than bondage. Killmonger, Black Panther. Such a good quote from such a good movie. Something that you haven't seen yet, but is actually next after the movie that we're doing tonight. No, it's not. Two after this one. Um, It makes me think of Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. It does. Pirates. It definitely has a pirate's feel to it. Um, Lily, what does it think of for you? Um, I've never actually heard this quote before, so for some reason it made me think that Odin was saying that quote. I don't know why. Because you're obsessed with Thor and Odin, possibly. Loki. And Loki. No, I hate Odin. I read it in kind of an Odin-y voice. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, did. Had, had a deep, powerful cadence yeah. to it. Maybe that'll be my new thing, is I'll just open up a random quote and do my best impression of Who someone. Who you think Re- it is. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Laura Kelly, do you have any thoughts about that quote? Um, I really think it's just funny. And um, today, from our elves, we got um, Marvel ornaments. Marvel ornaments, like a Christmas tree ornament? Yes. Which one did you get? I got Iron Man. You 
got Iron Man. What did Harper get? Thor. Harper got Thor. What did Lily get? Loki. And who did Ren get? Captain America. Oh, Captain America. So everybody got their favorite Marvel character. Oh, Laura Kelly's is Mrs. Perfect, but the elves brought her Iron Man, which is a pretty good second choice, right? Um, so they got an ornament from our elves for their Christmas tree tonight, so that was fun. Um, Harper, do you have any thoughts about this quote? Um, yes, actually. I do know what um, movie and part this came from, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you it is sad, so I think this quote is very sad. Okay. Sad in a powerful way? Yeah. Okay. Rennie, do you have the any The guy's qu- name is Killmonger. That's true. I mean... <laughs> Come on now. That's true. All right, Rennie, what yeah. do you think about this quote? Odin. You think Odin? <laughs> so she's on the Odin train, and I tend to agree with Harper. It's really from a powerful moment in the movie, um, and I don't want to get into it because I don't want to spoil it for Mom because I think it's something that she'll really appreciate. But I think that's a great quote, and I think that's something really special to pull out of there um, in light of what the movie focuses on in light of what that movie meant to our culture and the world that we live in in modern times. And even for us that we live in Alabama where lots of cultural and civil rights kinds of things have happened over the course of history. Um, So there's a lot of power in that statement and the way that quote was written. So it's very, very cool. We'll have to come back to it because even though I haven't seen that movie, um, I think it's neat, like the language of the quote, bury me in the ocean. Like mm-hmm. you think of bar- being buried is being put like in the ground or in a coffin, but right. like you can't really bury somebody in an, in an ocean. Right. Like it's, it's, but you can, like, I understand what he's saying. He's saying, put me to rest in mm-hmm. the ocean. But I think it's really neat that talking about escaping bondage by being free to, you know, essentially just drift in right. the ocean. They're like complete opposites. It's neat. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Very powerful. Anyway, so we're watching tonight. What are we watching? We are watching Mr. Miss Perfect, except her real name is what? Natasha. Okay, her real name is Natasha. What is her hero name? Black Widow. Black Widow. That is right. We are watching the movie Black Widow. We've got the poster up on the screen, and while Mom looks at that, one of the interesting things for Mom to know is. This movie just came out this year, but because we're doing these movies in order, um, in chronological order of where they happen in the Marvel timeline, it was the one that was next after Civil War. So, um, is that Khaleesi? She looks like Khaleesi. She looks like Khaleesi on the poster, and this guy looks like guy from Game of Thrones, which I say all the time. I know, but I mean it this time. <laughs> Torment. It looks like Torment. Okay. Well, that's but actually it's... somebody else fun, you know, from something else. Oh. Um, and I won't spoil it for you yet because you'll figure it out. That beard. But the big beard is is a big deal. Okay. Um, See fly thingies, flying thingies, um, lots of chicks forming badass lineups. Um, this kind of looks like an hourglass mm-hmm. or the flayed man. Ugh, I did it again. <laughs> anyway, um... Yeah, Black Widow. Okay, yep. because she's the Black Widow, right. which is a spider. That's the That's symbol the, on the on, on the, the spider's back. back. Okay, I yep. get it. There I get it, it. We knew you'd get there. Are those lightsabers in her hands? They better not be. They are not lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd say it's more like a fancy police billy club kind of situation. So like last November, not this past November. I think you're Correct. Right. That's right. Yes, it came out last November. 2020. Mm-hmm. Wait, really? Um, All right. How many minutes is it? 
<laughs> we will have to look it up. I think it's right at two hours. Also, so if we check. get to see her hair pulled back, that will be a first. Right. She's always, she had always has perfect hair, hair, which has been an issue for you. Yes. Um, and? All right. Well, we're getting Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I really, I haven't seen any of the movies. Um, so I really, I haven't seen any of the other movies, um, because I haven't watched any of the movies. Because? So I, because to me, they were boring. And so what would you do instead? Uh, watch the iPad. Okay. And so I really think this movie is going to be really good. Are you going to stick around? I mean, if your favorite is Mrs. Perfect, then you're going to kind of have to stick around for this movie. Yeah, I'm going to do my fidgets while I'm watching. Okay, you've got, she's got her fidget bag. She's ready to fidget while she watches, but we're going to be interviewing you at the end of this movie. Okay. So okay. you got to be prepared. Okay. All right, Lily, as we come into this movie, I know you've seen it, I think, a time. What do you have any non-spoiler thoughts? Um, I think it's an okay movie. It's not one of my favorites, but it's an okay movie. Okay. Harp, do you have any thoughts? Um, I haven't seen all of this movie. Okay, so this will be a good full viewing for you, Rin Bobby. Never seen it. Never seen it. So we're going to jump in. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I've never seen it. This is true. Mom has never seen it either. So with that being our jumping off point, we will stop the video and we will watch the movie and we will be back. We are back. We have watched Black Widow. And before we say anything else, we're going to go straight to Laura Kelly because in the course of doing this whole project, this is the first movie that she has hung with us the whole time. And I can't wait to hear what are your thoughts? What did you think about this movie? I thought it was really funny because um, they didn't, the girls didn't actually know that they were sisters. Okay. Um, uh, because... And they didn't know they were in the same karate class. Mm, they didn't know they were in the same karate class, which is amazing. And they didn't know that they were sisters. I think that's a fantastic and thing. And they didn't know that they were adopted. And they didn't know that they were adopted. So there's a lot there. I will ask you this. Did you like this movie? Yes. Did you have fun with this movie? Yes, it was very funny. Very funny. You like there were good jokes in it? Yeah. Alexi was funny, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. Dad with the funny beard. Is he kind of like your dad with the big beard? Mm, not really. Not really. <laughs> Is Alexi stronger than your dad? Uh, no. No? Oh. No. Oh, Garcy girl. Okay. So we're back after the movie. Laura Kelly had big thoughts. I think everybody else had big thoughts. Harper sat with me. She had seen, she told me, she said, I had kind of seen up to the point where... Natasha and Yelena were reunited. So that was really early in the movie. So there's a lot of movie that she hadn't seen or didn't remember. I think Lily had seen the whole thing and remembered most of it. Rend, you don't remember any of it, do you? She hadn't seen it at all. So we're going to start with Lily and we're going to kind of work our way around and just get some overall thoughts. So we'll go with Lily first. I did actually, like, I'm going to agree with Kelly. I did actually think it was really funny, especially the part where he's like, what is it, your time of month? I don't have a uterus, stupid. <laughs> yes in, in our house with two 13 year olds and a 39 year old like conversations like that are very real it's a part of life let's keep it at actually let's keep it at this i nick milky live in a house with 
five human females and a canine female. So in my house, as I like to say very regularly, I live with six females. It's very real. There so there are a lot of there's there's a lot of lady business happening in my world so ren wilson we're going to ask you what are your kind of initial thoughts coming out of this movie i love the quote when he says you go toilet in my hands <laughs> go toilet in my hands was definitely a big laugh yeah I really did you understand why he goes toilet on hands <laughs> i didn't heal it as didn't much pick up on that part. They, were, was they were talking about the frostbite setting in on the he reaches for fish he fall in the lake and his hands get frostbite so my dad go toilet on my hands <laughs> to warm him up Bas- basically his hands were so cold from the freezing water that his go toilet was warm enough to warm him up to not get frostbite <laughs> So people that's so much weird things. People do so much weird survival, things. You're right. Survival's kind of scary. Got to keep those hands. All right, Harper. Let's give. Let's get your thoughts. Honestly, I mean, I thought it was pretty dark for a Marvel movie, in my opinion. But also now I get why Loki said in Avengers, um, "Liars and killers in the service of liars and killers." Okay. That's a deep that, that's a very good one. Nice. And it's very deep. You're right. It was dark. And especially at the beginning, like we get the scenes of kind of the montage, which is a big part of the beginning of the movie with the news footage, all the assassinations, and kind of figuring out this is what the widows are. This is what Yelena becomes, this is what Natasha becomes in that transition from when they were kids to when they were adults. And we get that whole scene. And it was during that part that somebody kind of put it together and said, this is dark. Like, this is what it is. This is what it means. So yeah, you're right for an, for a Marvel movie and for what we're used to, it feels very heavy, but you're exactly right. The thing, and where does that quote come from? Uh, it comes from Loki from Avengers. Okay, so in the first Avengers movie, Loki says, killers and thieves in the service of killers and thieves. I'm sorry, liars and killers in the service of liars and killers. So we get that with Dracoff, and we get that with the widows. Like, it's supposed to be bringing balance to the world. It's supposed to be keeping regimes from being too big, too grown, too whatever it is. But it's also people, right? We get Yelena and we get Nat, who were sisters in some form or version, whatever it was when they were young. There's still a connection there. There's still humanity there. There's the one that dies early on in the alley. And she says, I don't want this. I don't want this right before she's forced to take herself out. Like it's a lot of like humanity mixed in with robotic thinking and pre-programming, right? Laura Kelly has another thought. I really think the um, quote that mom read um, at the beginning of the podcast really went with the show um, because they were both really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go pee pee and Vin's hands. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's okay. a child that has a captive you microphone. You so proud on so many levels for that 30 seconds. Number one, I love that you connected the quote that we read earlier to what you saw. That's very bright. 
And don't pee pee on your sister's hands. <laughs> Even if it is funny, because we do appreciate humor in this house. Okay, so here's where I want to get to because I have. Some, I, I'm very intrigued and interested to hear what mom thinks about this movie because we watch these movies: Captain America: Civil War. There's almost a sliding scale of at what point does mom want to make notes? Like if she decides early on, I want to make notes like that means she's into it. She's feeling it. There's thoughts she has. She wants to come back to if we go through a whole movie and she really doesn't take any notes. It's just one of those movies that's just kind of there like, okay, we're getting through the process and we reached a point about halfway through. I think we paused maybe for I snacks. I know exactly when it was. The moment that I started taking notes was when uh, Alex, no, Natasha and Yelena landed um, before they went to go break into the prison or something. Okay. Like the mm-hmm. snowy, they yeah. landed like in the snow. Mm-hmm. That's when it was. I'm yeah. So I can't wait to hear the thought she has because we reached a point like we paused for snacks and bathroom breaks and whatever it was halfway through the movie. And she said, hold on. I need, I need my notepad. I need to make notes. I need to whatever. So we're going to jump right into mom's thoughts. I'll tell you what made, what caused me to want to make some notes. And that was seeing Natasha get, um, was it out of the helicopter that they rented the little from the friend? Yes. And she ju- and Harper said that looks like a stormtrooper uh, uniform, or Lily said that. And immediately I noticed for the first time that her hair was this like long, ragged red with like the braids, and she's got the piercings. And immediately I had this thought of like she's not Mrs. Perfect in this movie. She is not this, you know, red you know, curled and put together, beautiful. Um, She's still beautiful, but I mean, who she is as Black Widow on the Avengers is very different from Black Widow, like Rogue. Rogue Black Widow, she's she's in hiding. Um, And I appreciate that because I'm sure she doesn't have her chi curling wand with her in her multi-pocketed vest. Um, by the way, this podcast is not sponsored by Chi, no. but Chi, if you want to, holler at us. We'll make that happen. That's right. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, so that was the first m- note that I made is that uh, after freeing Alexi, after being, you know, nagged by her sister about being a poser and the poser comment, why do you do this? Why do you look like this? You know, you're just for show. After she breaks free from the West and the Avenger mold, um, her look is completely different. This white stormtrooper-like suit, the wild hair, the braids, the piercings, and it's just, it was refreshing and fun to see a transformation of her both physically and as her character develops throughout the movie. Okay. Um overall for you because these are movies like civil war which is one of my favorites was very much not a favorite for a year it was very actiony there was a lot of stuff that kind of made it just hard literally for to i on. don't remember anything about it right so for this movie and we're not at the mount rushmore part i'm not asking you to do the ranking at the end 
but like give us your overall thoughts on this movie because early on like maybe before the title came on you were like oh i'm in like mm-hmm. you were committed early with the backstory well, okay but yes the backstory um of her with the with the wild blue hair playing in the woods with her sister she's protective when when yelena falls down and scrapes her knee she's there she's giving her kisses but she's also always got this look in her eye like she knows something's coming. So I thought that was interesting. I love a throwback. It looked like the era that I grew up playing outside, looking at lightning bu- lightning bugs. <laughs> and um, so I appreciated that. But then, I mean, that music montage with the Nirvana song, um, all of the black and white and then the the color images and flashbacks of these girls in trainings, like, you know, to be soldiers, that just, yeah, I mean, it's disturbing. It's highly disturbing knowing that this is what we're about to get into, but it's that kind of disturbing that you can't look away from. Like, you're like, I have to watch this. It's disturbing, but it's also so real. And so I'll get a we'll, I guess, get a little more into that as we keep talking, but I have more thoughts on um, the disturbingness of this. Um Overall, I thought it was an excellent film. Good. It was a great story. Uh, visually, it was pleasing. Um, it moved. wasn't too much. And I actually enjoyed the action. I feel like they shot and did this action differently. There was a lot of, like, slowed down. It was a lot more, and I don't know if it's because it's, you know, women fighting each other, but, like, it was graceful and it was much more choreographed which they actually show you. They show the choreographed girl soldiers, you know, with the with the guns fighting and turning and twisting and stepping and doing all these things. And I don't know, there's just something about all that that was just much more attractive to me than the fight, fight scenes right. from other stuff. I, I think that's a really interesting point. And it brings me back to, and of course you haven't seen these movies, but I have, and if anybody that's listening to the podcast knows, like, the transformer movies over the last 10, 15 years when they rebooted transformers. The first one was a lot of fun, but there's a point where very quickly a lot of these big action movies, it just becomes metal crunching on metal. Like there's not, you can't discern one thing from another. It's just a bunch of stuff smashing together. And at some point then everybody stands up and has the hero pose. But in this, and we get the teases of it early, we talked, at some point we paused the movie and we talked about in Avengers, the flashback scenes of, or Age of Ultron, I'm sorry, the flashback scenes of Natasha and the ballet dances and all the the flashbacks to the Red Room when she was there, like, it's based around movement and dance Mm -hmm. and choreography, which is the word that you used. And so, like, when Nat and Yelena fight each other the first time, like, they're doing all the same moves, and they basically are an equal to one another because they've both been trained. Mm-hmm. They're both, like, it really is. It's not slow and discernible because they're women. It's slow and discernible because they're equals, which is really neat because there are plenty of opportunities for women to be badasses or, you know, spies or all that kind of stuff. As we come to that, and as we think about that part of the movie, before we get some of your other thoughts, I want to ask Lily, what did you think about 
kind of getting some more of the backstory about Nat, who of course we know is Black Widow from a bunch of different movies in connection with her sister. Um, I felt like it was really interesting because it didn't really show in any of the other movies that she even had a sister. But also um, in Ultron, when it showed like the ballet stuff, when I was watching this, I thought it was going to show that. And I was like, wait, that's not even in there. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get you a tease right there. But then you also see like this big group of women who are all subjected, not just Nat, not just the faceless people you see in Ultron, but the woman who dies in the alley, the ones that are chasing her, like it puts faces to it, right? Ren said several times throughout this about different members of the widows as they were chasing each other. She's so beautiful. She's so awesome. Like they were all individual and awesome in their own way, but also trained to be these very specific spies and killers. Harper, what were your thoughts about that? Um, I think it, um, I think it really like cleared up some of her backstory. Okay. In what way? Um, I don't really know. That's okay. It helped you to understand, and we say this all the time because, of course, y'all are obsessed with Loki and Thor, and especially Avengers. The first Avengers is a big movie for our for our girls and for our family. When Loki's trapped in the prison cell, and they talk to Nat about all the red in her ledger, all the past, all the history that she's had, all the kills that she's done, which ties to this movie as they put the emphasis on Drakov's daughter, who becomes Taskmaster, who becomes, you know, the big one of the big bads in this movie, it becomes that situation of, oh, that's what they were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you more concept or perspective of, oh, that's what that means. That's pretty neat that they could fill in the backstory in a movie that came out six years later or whatever it is. Um what other thoughts did you have, Mom? I know you made other well, notes. You were talking about or asking Lily about um, impressions on finding out that she has a sister. And Lily, like you said, they didn't really hint that in the other movie that she has a sister. But when you find out that there's two, um, I thought about how, you know, and watching their relationship from, like I said, playing outside and just being protective. And Natasha, pulling, drawing a gun on all of these armed soldiers and Drakov and her dad, you know, when it's time to take them away, she's willing to, you know, sacrifice herself. It made me think about number one, like, I love this movie because I have four daughters and my sister Meredith and I are very, very close. And I just think that the bond of sisters is a very special relationship, a very special bond. So of course I started thinking like, oh my gosh, well that's the same reason why I loved Frozen. I loved Anna and Elsa being very, very polar opposite people, but being, you know, um, together and bonded so, so heavily. Um, I thought about Katniss and Prim and how there was such a strong tie between Natasha and Yelena. Um, One being the younger in the beginning, the weaker, I guess, you know, I, I thought that the the little sister had died, you know, clearly like that she would have been separated from the strong and she'd have been categorized as the weak, but turns out she ended up being uh, just as strong as Natasha, just um, estranged. So 
yeah, I mean, that from the from the very beginning drew me in to um you know, just to watch these sisters and I and I loved watching, you know, of course I got a little teary eyed at the end when they're holding each other and saying goodbye. And I guess I'll kind of interrupt myself and say like what I said earlier, watching Natasha's character development as well as her physical portrayal. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast, but something that uh, gets brought up a lot in a support community that I'm a member of, um, we talk about how in order to grow, we unbecome. And so there's these two ways to look at life. You can, you know, get grow, get stronger, get smarter, um, and you can become anything you want to be. But for some of us that have had uh, difficult upbringings or just, um, you know, trauma in their lives, it almost feels like you don't want to become something. You want to unbecome what you are. And in unbecoming, you become something new. And I really saw that with Natasha, especially in that scene where she holds her sister and tells her, look at me, look at me. I remember it meant something to me too, because the whole movie, she kind of shrugged it off and she wore this stone face and she didn't want to sit through the dinner or through the shots of when they first got to the mom and dad's house, because she just really wanted to stay task. She wanted to just keep her eye on the task. She did not want to focus on the bonds that were there and um, that were made, even though it was all a fake, it was all a fake. These two people were hired to take these children and to pretend to be a family, but all four of them never were able to release the memories and the affection and then eventually the love that they had for each other. And I just thought that seeing Natasha do that, like I said, it just brought me to tears. It's almost like Yelena was waiting on her the whole time. Like, I don't think she ever gave up on Natasha. Um, But to see them, like, they acted so well. Like, the way they embraced, the way they kissed each other. Like, one of them, I think it was Natasha, like, kissed Yelena on the neck. It was just so intimate. And it was so sweet. And I just really liked that. Yeah. I I think there's something really powerful there. And I'm going to throw a very selfish plug out to Podcast of the Wills, which is my Star Wars podcast. Because something that we talk about in the Star Wars community a lot of times is the concept of found family. And that's exactly what this was. You had these two Russian spies, Alexei, um, what was Malini? Malina. Malina, that's right. Not Melania, Melina. Um, Alexei and Melina, who were the parents, but then they had these two kids. They had Yelena, they had Nat. And why are you calling her Nat? It's Natasha. Okay, I'm sorry. Nobody ever calls her Nat. Well, Clint calls her Nat. Who's Clint? Hawkeye. (laughs) Bow and arrow guy calls her Nat. Dad. Yeah. No, bow and arrow guy calls her Nat. Oh, 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 oh. Hawkeye. Okay. Hottie Hawkeye. Sorry. Yeah. Hottie Hawkeye. Um, Yeah. A little crushy on him. A little crushy. His TV show just started last week. So, um, but that found family concept, which is exactly what you're talking about. Like they weren't really family, but there's still a bond and there's still that emotional, personal connection, even in the midst of all this trauma, all this tragedy, all these dramatically difficult things that we couldn't imagine that they're going through. Um, well, and I want to say this too, like 
So, and I mean, I don't even know if we have enough time for all this because, like, I could go for hours on on this movie and all the things that I thought about. Um, Natasha does reference the the phrase "normal life" back to you know who were you in your normal life, or that wasn't me in my normal life when Yelena's talking about how you know you married a builder and. Yeah, you know, what'd she say? You're an artist, or I can't remember what she she said she was. And Natasha just thought that's ridiculous. Like that, I would never be that in my in my normal life. And she's telling the widows that she rescues, now it's time to go back to your normal life, you know, go find your normal life. And I think again, like this found family and what they had, even though it was just a small chapter in their, you know, young years, that's the only glimpse of normal. And sometimes kind of going back to what I was saying about unbecoming, you kind of have to accept what is and give up fighting what isn't. And that's what Natasha does. She realizes we're probably never moving back to Ohio and going to have Thanksgiving and Christmas together. But, you know, this is, um, this was my normal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, a couple more things. We've got about six minutes before our 30-minute time runs out to plug into the rest of the episode. Uh, we have a couple other things I wanted to ask you about. We get some Nirvana, which has been a big thing with our girls. The montage at the beginning, the slowed-down version of um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Any Is that what song it was? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was great. I loved the montage, and now I'm going to go back into something deep because... You said it was my turn again. Yep. So with the song, with the imagery, with all the faces of the girls, and when you see the widows lined up like soldiers, I couldn't help, but I think it was disturbing again visually, but also it was disturbing deep down because it truly, to me, symbolized so much of what we hear in 2021 about millions upon millions upon millions of girls across the world that are captive in some way, whether that is literally in, I don't, I can't even say foreign nations because we have children that are captured um, beyond uh, or against their will um, in our own nation. But also, um, you know, like women's rights, people of color, people in the LGBTQ community, um, people just like, I don't know. It just goes on so many levels as far as like, um, I don't know. It's just this like dark celebration of like how women don't have to be, have to be trapped. And so I I don't know, I'm getting, I'm stumbling on my words because it's actually something much deeper than I can put into words. But I think about the images that I've seen before through articles of like, you know, women with the black bar um, over their mouths in symbolism for human trafficking. You know, they have this bar over their mouth and all you can see is their eyes. And we see that too. I know this sounds ridiculous, but like I went to a store today and the cashier, the lady checking me out, had a mask on and she said, did you used to teach at, and she named the school. And I was like, yeah, I did. But gosh, that was 10 years ago. She said, I remember you. And I I almost said to her, I wish that I could see your whole face, but like, I didn't know who she was cause I could not recognize her. And, um, 
I think those are powerful photos that we see in talking about human trafficking because it's supposed to symbolize that girls' mouths are shut, that they're not able to speak. And this movie felt like that to me is what I'm trying to say, coming to the point. This movie felt like that. It Whether it's girls in poverty, wealthy girls that can't break, you know, remember Rose from Titanic? She was stuck in her, her role as being pinky up and your arranged marriage and all of that. And, and that's why this was just incredible to me. Like I said, I could go till midnight because it is, it was so, so powerful. So deep. I think the mask story made sense. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, that's amazing. And you're right. There's so many powerful statements and stories. And I think what's beautiful about this movie, and I made a mistake and I want to clarify this. In the intro, before we watched the movie, we said this movie came out in November of 2020. It was pushed back partially because of pandemic, partially because of all the different things that were going on in the world. So this movie was released in theaters and on Disney Plus in like the premium version in July of 2021. So this movie has only been out for five months or so. Um, so not super new, super new. I mean, it is super new. But it also has some very relevant things to exactly what you're saying. Human, tra human trafficking is a big part of issues that are we're faced in this world. Talking about being in a store and being a faceless individual, like seeing a mask, wearing a mask, like COVID's not the issue, but people being individuals, that's the issue. Like we are all individuals and whether you're an, a Yelena, a Nat, a Laura, a Harper, a Lily, whoever you are, you're an individual, you have value. You're not just somebody who's controlled by a computer program or a chemical program or whatever it is. And that's a part of what this movie teaches you along with found family. It teaches you those women had value. All the women that, you know, when they lash all the red chemicals together with the hand grenade and free them all, the last thing that Nat does before she escapes from Drakov is she makes sure that their identities are uploaded into the internet as free people. Like she hits the inner key and does that computer typing stuff to make sure that they're able to escape and actually be somebody right to have an identity, to be somebody. So I really think that's a very powerful statement from this movie is yes, it's superhero. We have so much humor. I love the part about the posing. That's really funny. <clears throat> we got lots of big laughs about, you know, you're a poser. You do, why do you flip your hair? Why do you do the thing? Like pockets. Yeah. The pockets on the vest, <laughs> like all those different humor moments are fantastic, but at the core of it is individuality. And at the core of it is also strong women. And I'll be the first person to admit, I value strong women in this world that we live in as much as anything else, because I live in a house full of strong women. I have four daughters, I have a wife, I have a dog who's a girl. <laughs> and every one of them, dog included, who's sound asleep on the couch right now, so cute. are strong women. And I'm so honored to be in the presence of these strong women. And so for this movie to put out a statement that says these women have value, these women are important, these women are strong, like, that's a big deal, and that's not something that we've always gotten in a superhero movie, in cinema in general, in the world that we live in. Like, it's a part of recognizing the world's moving forward. 
And here's the thing with Natasha. She's not technically a superhero. She's a highly trained spy, but she doesn't have superpowers, right? She has skills. She has her brain. She has her wits. And that's her superpower. She's kind of like Batman. Like Batman had a bunch of money, but Batman didn't have superpowers. And so do what? And another thing about Natasha to me is that, and I've, I've pretty much said this already, but I'm just going to re-say it. She is so strong. She is trained. She is made of steel. She can fight. She's smart. She's daring. But she's very much, um, and I almost don't want to say it because I don't want to put myself in like a stereotype box, but like she does show a little bit more of those characteristics that are usually associated with a, a mother or um, or just a girl or a female. Um, you know, she she just she lets that guard down and she lets herself be vulnerable. That's the word I'm looking for, which is neither female nor male. Let me make that clear. That's what I should have said. She actually goes from being a tough, badass woman to being a tough, badass woman who has, who shows vulnerability. And one way that she does that is that, or the most powerful way is that she lifts up other women in this movie. She, you know, fosters her sister and then adopts her and tells her, you're my sister. She goes to the child that she, whose life she ruined while she, you know, was on a mission to say, you're probably going to come at me and that's okay, but I want to help you. You know, she's rescuing the widows. She's making it her mission to free these, these girls from the hell that she had to live through and the hell that they're in. And to me, that is vulnerable and that is neither male nor female, but it is something that all male, all female, all everybody should have and she did it's kind and it's It's kind yeah that that's a big part of it so there has clearly been a lot that we loved about this movie so we're going to start circling in on an ending before we get to our ranking which is a big feature of the show which is a big feature of you know placement and where we are i'm going to go around the circle and i'm going to start with lily i'm going to say any final thoughts any other final contributions that you want to make to this conversation I don't really have any final thoughts. I just think it was really good. Okay. You liked it. It was certainly, you know, has the potential to maybe move up in some of your rankings. I just want to go ahead and say that I really like this movie. Okay. Harper really liked it. Rennie, what do you think? Same with Harper. (laughs) Same with Harper. So this movie has been popular tonight. So I can't wait to see. We're going to get mom's final thoughts and we'll let mom be the final ranker or first of the rankers. Okay. Um, My final thought is actually about the final thought. Um, I thought it was interesting. I wonder if anybody else picked up on that. The conversation, the first conversation that Natasha and Yelena had, Yelena was saying, do you think Drakoff's dead? Do you really think that? You really think that, don't you? And she was like, yeah, I went in, I blew him up by this and that. And she was just like, but did you see a body? And that's what gave her the pause of, okay. And honestly, even though we saw the flame ripping through the airplane or the jet that he was getting away and the glasses fly off, it was interesting to me though, that it still ended with, there was no body. So just saying. 
Um, okay, so I was digging Thor, then Guardians of the Galaxy, then Ant-Man, and now there's this. I have to say, because of the drama and the disturbia and the symbolism and the amazing person that Natasha, a.k.a. Black Widow is, I have to say that this one takes my number one. Amazing. And I love that. And here's what I wanted to throw out earlier, and I didn't. We have jokingly, pretty much from the beginning of this podcast, or at least when she showed up in the podcast, we have very jokingly referred to Natasha Black Widow as Mrs. Perfect. Because in those early, early movies, it was... I looked at her, and she got on my nerves. I was like, I'm not going to like this girl. I can tell already. She's too perfect. Ugh. She's not a superhero. She's a woman. Like, that's yep. that's those were my thoughts. And that's why... I, dubbed her as Mrs. Perfect. We, we dubbed her early on as Mrs. Perfect because it was stereotype and cliche and, oh, they got the hot girl with the pretty hair and the whatever to be whatever. But it turns out, first of all, Scarlett Johansson brings a lot of depth to acting in this She's character awesome. and it's become a really great character. So that's amazing to hear you say. So we're going to go to Ren next. Ren, up to this point, what has been your number one? I think it was Captain America Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, that's correct. Does it stay Winter Soldier or does it become Black Widow? Black Widow. I knew you were going to say that because literally halfway through the movie, Ren looked at me. She goes, this is it. This is my number one. Like she was convinced so right on. It is so it's good. a fantastic movie. It's so personal. It's so heartfelt. It's really, really good. So I'm glad to hear you say that. Now, then we get to Lily. Lily's number one has been and may very well remain Thor because of Loki. Dedicated Loki stand coming up right now. Lily, what do we got? Uh, Yeah, it's Thor and it will always forever be Thor. I told you guys that last time and the time before and I'm not planning to break that. She, she has planted her feet. Although three movies from now we have Thor Ragnarok coming up and there's a potential for it to change. But in the meantime, we'll come to Harper. Harper's previous favorite, I think, was also Thor number one, the first Thor. And now we have this. So the question is, for Harper, does Black Widow take over or does it stay Thor? Mine is Thor and it's staying Thor, but Black Widow is still an amazing movie. Okay. So let me ask you this, Harper, and maybe even Harper and Lily both. Black Widow is good. You have a lot of feelings for it. Does Black Widow have a potential to ultimately end up on your Mount Rushmore? We'll go to Harper first. Um, Top four. I don't think so. Ooh, okay, so that close means they're close runner-up, like a number five. What about you, Lily? Yeah, same. Okay, Lily's also in that same category, same department. Could be a close number five, but they've got some others that they're filing away, they're waiting for, that could be in their top four. So we'll ask Ren the same question before we get out of here. I think it's going to end up on my mountain this one. For sure. Well, it's your number one now, so it seems pretty likely. And we do have more than four movies left, but you do love Black Widow. You do love Miss Perfect, so it's pretty good, right? Yeah, she's okay. cool. She's very cool. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up. Oh, for me, um, 
Civil War, I think, moved into my number one spot last time we did this because I do love Civil War. I love the politics, the things that go with it. I will say about this movie, I watched it in July when it came out on Disney Plus one time. I probably watched it while I was multitasking on my phone, not super paying attention. I enjoyed it. It didn't make a really impression on me. I really enjoyed it tonight. Like it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of good character building, a lot of good depth in it. So I can't say where it's going to fall in my ultimate Mount Rushmore when we get to the end, but it was good. But for now, Captain America Civil War is still going to also remain at the top of my list. So um, we've got that. We're going to wrap up tonight. We're going to get out of here. As always, we're so thankful for everybody that listens to this podcast. We're just a week past Thanksgiving, so thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. The fun we have, the opportunity that we get to spend together as a family, record it, talk about it, all that kind of good fun stuff. Um, We're heading into the new year. We still have several movies left. I know coming up, the next movie, and we've kind of gotten past the point of making it a secret, but the next movie is going to be a Spider-Man movie with new Spider-Man. which is very exciting because I love this version of Spider-Man that we get. I know mom enjoyed him in the little bit that we got in civil war. So he gets his own whole movie. So that's going to be a ton of fun. Um, And then we'll keep the podcast going. Hopefully in the next week or so, we'll get to do that. Christmas break is coming soon. So that may give us some extra time to do an episode. Um, but Lily has a final thought before we get out of here. Uh, I was actually just going to ask which Spider-Man is it? Which Spider-Man was... Homecoming. Oh, yes. Spider-Man Homecoming is going to be our next movie after we get done with this one. Um, so that's it. If you follow us on Twitter, we are CU underscore heroes. You can check that out. If you go to that website or on the Twitter, you can find all the different things that we do. Twitter. T public if you want to get a t-shirt whatever it is that's going on um but we will be together again soon and in the meantime avengers toilet hands